behind some of the best stories. Places become more than just backdrops for the action. They become characters themselves. Unyielding mountains. Unpredictable seas. And in the story of Christmas, a tiny town that birthed Israel's greatest king and the king who was yet to reign. David's birthplace was so insignificant that it could easily have been lost to history, swallowed up by Jerusalem just five miles away. But God made a promise to this little town through Micah, the prophet. Bethlehem, God said, you are smaller than most of the towns in Judah, but from you will come for me a ruler over Israel. So little Bethlehem waited, ready for the birth of her second king, the promised one of God. that you're here this morning and a part of our worship service as we come together to celebrate our risen Savior and especially in this holiday season where we come together and celebrate his birth as the world does as well. Uh, it's an exciting time to be together and uh, to, to have a little uh, different weather with us and know that we've got some upcoming parties and people that maybe we don't normally get to see uh, on the list uh, to see. I'm going to ask that you bear with me this morning, this weekend. I've been battling a really bad cold and uh, so I've got some medication in me and who knows what I'll I'll say this morning. You never know. It'll be exciting, I'm sure. But uh, we're going to be in Ephesians in just a little bit, Ephesians chapter 2, and also Isaiah chapter 58. And I hope you've got your Bibles and will turn with me there. We'll be there momentarily. Isaiah will be at the very end of today's uh, message. I want to mention a couple of things too. Of course, today is Baptism Sunday. We've been talking about uh, this day for several weeks now, uh, hoping that maybe some of us in our audience have been thinking about a special moment in time, uh, looking for that prompt to uh, say, I want to put Jesus Christ on as my Lord and Savior in baptism. Baptism, uh, be raised out of that uh, water with a, a brand new mission in life, a brand new purpose in life, recreated uh, in the image of Christ with the Holy Spirit indwelling. And so maybe today's that day for you. We hope that it is. Whether you told us today was the day or not, we want to, to help you with that moment in time. Uh, what a great gift to give yourself as well and to give God in this holiday season to say, God, I want to be a part of what you're doing and, and I want you to come into my life and fully uh, commit to everything that you've got going on for my purpose in life. So we'd love for uh, you to be uh, moving into that moment and us helping you with that as well. I want to remind you, as Cale did, um, you know, December 25th is uh, Christmas Day, but it's also Sunday. We've created some uh, professional postcards for you to give out. They're out on the Welcome Center and I hope that you'll make an effort to Hand some of those out and invite friends, family, co-workers uh, to that special day right here. We'll have one service together. It, it'll be a great time uh, to be together. We are here in this holiday season and we're continuing in our series uh, called The Gifts of Christmas. And today we're talking about the gift of grace. And I'm hoping that all of my OU friends out there will extend me some grace today. 
by not talking about that game that happened last night, uh, yesterday, rather. But it was a lot of fun, and uh, football season is, is, of course, exciting. But uh, this idea of grace, you, you know, in this holiday season, we get out in the hustle and bustle of life, and we're traveling, going to the mall that's absolutely packed. We're shoulder to shoulder with folks. We can get irritated sometimes. We can be upset at some things that are going on uh, in the holiday season, even some theological tendencies maybe that some churches tend to have. And if we're not careful, we could end up with an attitude like one of my favorite characters in my favorite movie of all time, Let's Watch and See. Vertically. Art Barkian, Abacanesia who? I hate you! R&B Benson who? I hate you. Hate, 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 hate. Double hate. Loathe entirely. We've got to be careful not to get an attitude like that, right, this holiday season? It could happen if we're not careful. Oh, my goodness. He, he sets the precedent for anger in the holiday season, doesn't he? He really shows us what it's like to shake your fist at traditions and what's going on in the world and, and really just people in general. We've got to be very careful as we are followers of Christ that we don't end up with that type of attitude. Really what the Grinch needs is a little bit of grace in his life, doesn't he? We all could use a little bit of grace. Let's be honest. We all could use a lot of grace in our life. You know, grace is when we get what we don't deserve or when we don't get what we do deserve. Now, my guess is in your life, like mine, you've had those moments uh, where maybe out of your peripheral or in the rearview mirror, you see those red and blue lights. Anybody been there with me? Yeah, and you pull over and you think, oh, wow, man, I was going a little too fast. Uh, I maybe rolled that stop sign. Whatever it might have been, you're a little worried about that officer walking up to your window. And at the end of the conversation, he says, I'm going to give you a warning, not a ticket. And you think, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> that is grace, right? That is grace because I was thinking about buying this gift for my wife, but she's going to have to wait because now I've got to pay this ticket. Uh, we get that grace in the moment. Or maybe you're standing in the coffee line at your favorite bistro and uh, someone at the very front of the line doesn't know skinny from tall. And <laughs> that would be me, by the way. And you, you just don't know what's going on and you're getting frustrated. You're going to be late for your appointment. You're standing in this line and you finally get up there to order your coffee when you realize out of the blue, the guy in front of you bought your coffee for you. That's grace. You didn't really deserve that, but he did it for you anyway. We have those moments in life where grace is very evident and we are reminded, man, that is what we need to be about. We need to be extending grace to those around us, even in the, the darkest and most troubling of times, even when we think that we've been treated the worst. There, there's a great clip out of the movie La Mez, and there is Jean Valjean, who is a criminal. He is a, a guy that floats from village to village. He, he's just not had a good life at all. But there is a bishop and his wife in this particular town who decide to give him room and board overnight, and he takes full advantage of them both. Let's see how grace is extended in this clip from the movie.
Is anybody there? I don't want to hear anything more about it. I'm sorry to disturb you. You caught him. But I had my eye on this man. Oh, thank God. I'm very angry with you, Jean Valjean. What happened to your eye, Monseigneur? Didn't he tell you he was our guest last night? Oh, yes. After we searched his knapsack and found all this silver, he claimed <laughs> that you gave it to him. Yes? Of course I gave him the silverware. But why didn't you take the candlesticks? That was very foolish. Madame Gillot, fetch the silver candlesticks. They're worth at least 2,000 francs. Why did you leave them? Hurry. Monsieur Valjean has to get going. He's lost a lot of time. Did you forget to take them? Are you saying he told us the truth? Of course. Thank you for bringing him back. I'm very relieved. Release him. You're really letting me go? Didn't you understand the bishop? Madam Gino, offer these men some wine. They must be thirsty. Thank you. And don't forget. Don't ever forget. You've promised to become a new man. Promise? Why are you doing this? Jean Valjean, my brother, you no longer belong to evil. With this silver, I bought your soul. I've ransomed you from fear and hatred. And now I give you back to God. Jesus is the reason for the season. Somewhere along the way, people became bound up in a religious quest to be right. To be the one on top. To be the only one in the room who knew what was going on. And they looked down in superiority over everyone else. They wanted to be right instead of being right with other people. That's partially what grace is really all about, is being right with other people. Not only right with God, but right with others as well. No doubt over the last few years you've heard the verbal war going back and forth, whether it should be happy holidays or, or merry Christmas. Somehow people believe that loving God in that mix is the part of defending Christmas. People of Merry Christmas, the Merry Christmas fight, seem to lack any sense of what's desired in the eyes of God when it comes to loving other people. Anxious holiday participants demonstrate a clumsy kind of love. I mean, it's really hard 
to be right with your neighbor when you're looking down on them in judgment with superiority. There is a real lack of love and mutual respect when people feel a first response of a judgmental tone and correction. I mean, remember what Jesus said to his disciples when he he began his journey with them and what he tells his 12 also goes for 2,000 years to us today when he says, people will know that you're my disciples by the way that you love one another. Grace is less about being right and more about being right with others. You remember last week we talked about John 3.16 and following that famous scripture that most everyone knows by heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You see, even while we were nailing him to the cross, while we were spitting in his face, while we were betraying him and pushing him away, even then he offered grace to us and said, I love you too much to walk away. I want to extend that grace. I've bought your soul. You belong to me. And Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. And how much did Jesus love us? He spread out his arms on a cross to show us just how much he loved us. In that stable scene last week that we looked at in Luke chapter 2, there were shepherds that came in at the behest of the angelic course. They came and found the, the, the baby lying in a manger. They surrounded him to worship him. But shepherding was not a profession that was esteemed or exalted on high. It wasn't something that everyone wanted to be. And a few months down the road, there would be kings that would approach baby Jesus at his home to worship him, and they offered gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. One of those gifts would cost more than any shepherd could make in a lifetime. But what we find in that picture of the birth of Christ is that everyone is welcome to the manger. The spectrum of who we are, there is no one superior than another, whether you're the lowliest shepherd or the highest king. Anywhere in between are welcome into the story. No one is excluded at all. We all have been granted grace. This season, though, if, if we love God, but we miss loving our poor neighbor. This holiday season, if, if we love God, but we miss loving our Muslim neighbor. This holiday season, if we love God, but we, we miss loving our Republican neighbor or our Democratic neighbor or our Hispanic neighbor or our African-American neighbor or our white neighbor, if we miss that, then we've missed the very essence of how God wants us to celebrate and experience a Merry Christmas. The gift of grace is deep and powerful. It allows us to love our neighbors without inhibition, whether they greet us with a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holiday, or a simple head nod. Welcome to the Christmas aisle. Grace makes room for all people, and it gives them space to come near and experience love, even when our life perspectives 
are different from one another. Even when we look at life a little bit differently, whether it's a theological thought, whether it's how we raise our kids, whether it's what team you're rooting for. On the day Jesus was born, there was room made at the manger for all people to come near to God. The Grinch and others like him are full of pride, full of anger, full of judgment, and they are exasperated with what is going on in the world when they look at the holiday season. They are actually full of themselves, and no one enjoys being around people who are full of that. When you are in the presence of a person who is full of grace, though, the whole temperature of the room changes, doesn't it? I mean, you and I can make a decision in any given context. We can be a thermometer or we can be a thermostat, one or the other. We can become the temperature in the room or we can change the temperature in the room. You see, a person full of grace not only has received a gift but becomes a gift to all that they come in contact with. The person who desires to look like Jesus Christ has then become a gift to everyone that they meet, not only during the holiday season, but the entirety of their life when they so choose to do so. And we've got to remember, church, that grace is never something that we have earned. It in itself is a free gift from God. I mean, look what Paul says to the letter to the church in Ephesus, chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. Paul says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. We are reminded that there is nothing that we can do to receive the gift of grace from God. It is his free gift for each and every one of us. The only way to be saved is receiving this free gift of grace from God. Somewhere in our movie clip, Jean Valjean, in his past, he likely heard and received gifts of grace along the way, but somewhere it got mixed up with the law and being right. Religious attitudes and the need to be right all become wearisome, don't they, church? It gets tiring, and it causes a person to become bitter, to be angry, and to be full of pride. And according to the Bible I read, God is not into the proud, the arrogant, or loud people. God wants to get into our hearts. He wants to break them open and he wants to pour grace into our hearts. His desire is that you and I look like his son, Jesus Christ, and extend grace to all those around, no matter what might be going on in their life. James, who is the half-brother of Jesus, writes in James chapter 4 and verse 6. He says, God gives us even more grace To stand against such evil desires, as the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but favors the humble. 
too often in our life. The Grinch is what some people think of when they hear the word Christian. Oh, you, you are the folks who are anti-dancing. Oh, you're the folks who are, are anti-helping folks who don't go to your church. Oh, you're the folks who are anti-democratic. You're the folks who are anti-republican. Oh, you are the folks who are really anti-happy. Thank you for laughing. Wouldn't it be so rewarding? For when that word is spoken among the world about disciples of Christ, oh, you're the folks who hand out blankets to the homeless downtown. Oh, you're the folks who don't mind standing in a, in a line to give food to our homeless. You're the folks who go to Cook's Hospital and visit kids during the holiday season when they can't get out of the hospital. Oh, you're, you're the folks who send money to dig water wells in Africa for a village who doesn't have clean water. Oh, you're the folks who want to adopt that orphanage over in Kenya full of kids who are deaf and the country wants nothing to do with them. You're the folks who during the holiday season collect toys for kids who will not have a good Christmas. Oh, you're the folks who look like Jesus in our community. Wouldn't that be rewarding? To to be a people full of grace that our community knows that we are a light on the hill because not of anything we do, but that the Holy Spirit lives within each one of us and our our desire is to be Jesus Christ to those around us. You see, Jean Valjean in our video, he ended up shackled. He ended up bound, restricted. Really the very embodiment of what our enemy wants to do to us when we desire to serve the king. When we want to go to the manger and say, we want to be all in on this story. We want to be everything you've called us to be. And there are moments in life when if we're not careful, we allow the enemy to bind us. And we can become bound mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically even. Jean Valjean was bound and clothed in cynicism and anti-law. He was rebellious. But the gift of grace he received from the bishop allowed him a humble healing and a new beginning. Imagine what grace would look like in your life to those who desperately need to know what Jesus looks like. Imagine the impact you could have if you offered the gift of grace this holiday season. You see, life life is more than just being right. It's about being right with our creator and right with each other. Grace enables relationships. It is a gift, but it must be received to be experienced. You and I have had the joy of experiencing the grace that Jesus Christ offers us. God pursued us through all of time to say, I want you this much. And despite what you're saying, despite what you're living, despite how you're acting, I'm going to continue 
to extend grace to you. Wouldn't it be a different world if every single one of us made a decision to live life with such the capacity to be different than the world around us? We close out our time this morning with a final question. What is your shackle this Christmas? What's got you bound up? What's got you tied down and restricted? How has the enemy convinced you to live life? What binds you from the full experience of grace? I mean, is it in the, in the cards that you get in the mail? You've got a stack over here just in case. I mean, I don't half these people that the cards are coming in the mail, the Christmas cards, and I've got to turn around and write them one to make sure that it's even, right? I hear the chuckles here, just like the halls, y'all have got that scenario too. That can make us agitated and, and not real happy about what's going on in life. Maybe it's in the gifts. We, we celebrate that risen Savior, that baby in the manger, the, the, the gift of love from God, and yet we stand in line to buy zombie death annihilation squad game for someone in our family. It just doesn't quite add up, does it? Maybe it's, it's in your family. Maybe the shackle is with your own family coming in because they're going to stay at your house and they're going to eat your food and tell you how to raise your kids and his sister brought one pie for 17 people. <laughs> right? Maybe it's, maybe it's in your church. Maybe the one place that's supposed to free us 100% to accept the grace of God in our life. Maybe it feels restrictive to you. Maybe for some reason you feel shunned or there's been an evil eye cast upon you. But church should be that place where we are a family and we extend full grace to everyone here. Because we've received it. You see, grace is ours to give as well. I mean, this holiday season, can you let go the person who pulls into that parking spot that you've been waiting on at the mall? Can you let that go? Can can you let go that the turkey is burnt on the outside and pink on the inside? Can you let yourself go this holiday season realizing that it's really about other people and not you? How can we free others this season? How can we unshackle? How can we unbind ourselves to say, enemy, you will have no more say in my life. I'm going to be everything that God's called me to be in Jesus Christ. And because I've received that gift of grace, I'm going to extend it to those around me. And you will no longer control the script in my life. Because I know that God wins in the end. And I want to be on his team. I want to be unshackled. I want to live that ignited lifestyle you've called me to live. I want to be different than everyone else that I come in touch with. I want to have that... Cheshire cat smile on my face that make people ask the question, what's going on in his life? You see, God through the prophet Isaiah, long ago, some 600 years before Christ was on the earth, in chapter 58, reminded us of some of the ways that you and I either 
in reality or metaphorically, could become unshackled. He says in Isaiah chapter 58, beginning in verse 6, This is the kind of fasting that I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. That's actually in the Bible. (laughs) Then, your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then when you call, the Lord will answer, yes, I am here. He will quickly reply, remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring church. Man, I want to be full of grace. I fail daily at that. But with the Holy Spirit's indwelling in each and every one of us, we can embrace everything that God's created us to be, can we not? We can tell the enemy no more. I am not going to withhold grace in order to get your love. I'm not going to withhold grace to prove a point. No, I'm going to extend love and grace to all those around me because that's what Jesus would have us do in our life. The manger is for everyone, faults and all. I want us this holiday season to think about how we can offer that gift of grace to those around, those family members, the ones that get on your last nerve, yes, even those. Those church members that maybe you've never sat beside before, get up and move and get to know someone new. The people at uh, your work that you work with, go to lunch with them. Make every effort to be Jesus Christ to those that you come in contact with. That's what we've been called to be, church. In this season, it's easy to do. The challenge will be after January 1 to keep on living that lifestyle out, to keep on giving that gift of grace to all those we come in touch with. That's the challenge this morning, is to say, I want to be everything God's called me to be through his son, Jesus Christ. I'm willing to give up my own selfish ambition. I'm willing to to put myself on the back burner because I want to make sure other people come first. I don't want to be the Grinch. I want to be and look like Jesus Christ. This morning, the message is yours, and my hope is the Spirit has moved you in some way to consider how you will be different this holiday season, how you will extend that gift of grace. I'm going to invite Brad and the praise team back to the stage at this time, and our shepherds and their wives will be gathered around the wall of this room. As we sing this song, maybe there's something in your life going on that that you just need some prayer, some some help with. Maybe you just need a friend to wrap an arm around and one of our shepherds and their wives will do that for you. They'll, they'll pray for you, pray whatever is going on in your life would be taken care of, will be appeased, will be taken away.
that you will be even better equipped to move forward from this day forward. Or maybe today's the day that you've made a decision to publicly say, Jesus Christ is my Lord, I want to be baptized today. We've got the lid off the baptistry back there. We've got clean water. I can't promise it's going to be warm, but hey, we're going to be back there. <laughs> today's the day. Make that decision. Give yourself a gift and give God a gift by saying, I want to be part of your story. Empower me to be the person you've called me to be. Let's all stand together and sing to him.